Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Glad that you're here. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant, one of the teaching pastors here. And we're going to dive in together on a brand new series that I entitled Conversating. I kind of made up my own word. And then on Tuesday of this past week, Pastor Todd showed up and said, Hey, Grant, just so you know, I googled conversating. And according to the Urban Dictionary, it means having sex. I said, Todd, everything in the Urban Dictionary means having sex. That's kind of... That's why they created that. That's not the direction we're going. We will be there in October, though, so stay tuned. Okay, so the direction we're going with this particular series, I've never preached a series in my 13 plus, almost 15 plus years here on staff. I've never preached on this particular topic before, and I'm going to tell you exactly why. It's because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Just didn't want to be a hypocrite. So we're going to start within a moment of honesty, okay? I have never been personally satisfied with my personal prayer life. Never. I've just never have been satisfied with the way that I interact with God. And I want that, I want that to, to change. You've heard me say this before, right? Changes and change until something actually changes. So I made the decision this year that I was going to press into this particular area of my spiritual journey. Because here's what I've noticed. The more I pray, the more it tends to become routine, the more it tends to become rote, the more it tends to become just something I do, it becomes very formulaic, and I don't know about you, but I want more than that. I want to experience more than that. So I've got this dream in my heart of what if we could actually communicate and have a conversation with God in a way that actually revolutionized our hearts? What if we put those two things together and as a church made a decision that we were going to conversate with him. Now, I know there are people in the room who actually believe. It's like, oh, wow, we're going to talk about prayer? Okay, I'm out for the next little while. Some of you actually believe your prayer life is perfect, that you have nothing to learn on this particular topic, that you have this one nailed, you've got it, you've got your routine down, it's perfect, there's nothing to be added to your particular, you know, understanding of this particular topic. And so I'm going to ask you to do this, okay? If you have the perfect prayer life with no room for improvement or being stretched in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Would you allow the rest of us to be somewhat remedial as we try to take our conversation with God to a whole new level. And while we're working on prayer, you can work on your issue with humility. Okay, so let's... Uh... <laughs> so I think my prayer life developed kind of like most people do, right? Because we start praying as little children. And mom and dad say, you know, bow your head, close your eyes around a table. And we start with a prayer that kind of goes like, you know, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for the food. Amen. How many of you d- used to do that one? Yeah, hands all over the place. That was the good one, right? And then, and then we decide, well, we've got we to change it up, right? Variety is the spice of life. So we shift to come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let this food to us be blessed. Amen. We're like, that's really, really cool, and that's honest. And then you realize, you're not just supposed to pray after meals. You know, you got to do the bedtime prayer. Some of you started with the bedtime prayer, graduated to meals. Some of you started with meals, graduated to the bedtime prayer. You know, you remember what it was like, you know, you're kneeling by your bed, you know, and you're praying, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake... I pray the Lord my soul to take. What kind of a twisted parent (laughs) teaches their kid to pray that way? It's like, this is going to be awesome. Close your eyes, sweetie. You might die, (laughs) but it's okay. God will be waiting for you. Sleep well and don't come out of your room. Are you serious, right? I can't believe the things we actually tell our kids. Have you actually listened to nursery rhymes? 
Humpty never gets put back together again, and little Miss Muffet has arachnophobia. Be warm and well fed, off you go, child. Have a good life, right? I mean, it's just twisted. Well, and then we graduate, right? Dear Jesus, thanks for a good day and for keeping me safe, and bless mommy and daddy, and even bless my big sister when she treats me like garbage, you know, and that kind of a deal. And then we graduate basically to, you know, go to elementary school and middle school, and we find ourselves praying things like, you know, Jesus, if you love me, why can't I get my locker open? Like, it's just simple, basic stuff, you know, and then we really start looking at our life, and we have those moments when we get really, really honest, and, and you know, you, you kind of pray something like, God, you know, I can't find purgatory anywhere in the Bible, but there does seem to be a place between heaven and hell where children are sent to pay for their sins, and that's middle school, right? And so that's what, you know, we kind of go that direction, amen, and then we all pray the common prayer of high school. You know you've prayed it. Jesus, if you get me out of this, I promise I will never, ever, ever do this again, right? And then if you're a guy, you graduate to this prayer, Jesus, there's this girl, and if you could make her like me, that would be absolutely awesome. And then we show up a few years later, you know, go through college and start doing the family thing, and it changes. Like, God, um, that girl did like me, and now I need a job. Like, I really need a job. Oh, and by the way, that girl, speaking of that girl, if you could, like, tweak her a little bit, that would just be awesome, and my life would be so much easier. And then we graduate to the common adult prayer, Right? Dear Jesus, squirrel, right? That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> Here's the 29 things I need to get done today, and I'm on my phone, and I'm doing all that kind of stuff, and it's like, you know, it's, you know that's the way it works for some of us, right? And then it's like, Jesus, you know, thanks. It's been a great day. Help me not to freak out. I'm really tired. And sports center. Amen. You know, I read my Bible, and I'll be honest, I don't find much of that in there. So I made a decision at the beginning of this year. I mean, I know I've been doing this a long, long time, and some of you guys have been coming every week listening for a really, really long, long time. But when it comes to actually talking with God, I want more. I want more. I mean, I know. The Bible says I can talk to God. I can bring Him in. I can bring Him anything and everything, and yet I seem to get stuck in this routine and I want more. And I'm just going to invite you to do something. Would you guys come on a walk with me? I'd like to invite you just to be a part of my spiritual journey. Because I'm going to confess to you. I do not have this figured out. I'm trying to figure out some new ways to breathe life into this, this thing that I know we're supposed to be doing. I mean, the Bible keeps talking about it over and over and over again. But could we actually humble ourselves enough to say, I think we've all got something to learn about what I would consider to be one of the most important parts of our walk as we follow Jesus together. So let me just invite you to do that, but then I, I want to start with this. I mean, I know I should talk to God out of love and devotion, right? I know that should be the motivator, right? And I do. I want to talk to, to, I want to, talk to listen and listen to God because I really want to cultivate that relationship. But if I was to be honest, and you're going to learn, if you're new around here, we're, 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 we may not be a lot of things, but we are honest around here. I know I should come to God out of love and devotion, but I will make this confession. More often than not, I talk to God because of crisis and desperation. Those are the two things. When I think back, I can honestly say there was a correlating relationship between the, 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 the deep level of crisis and desperation in my life and my elevating opportunities to pray. 
I mean, I, I just believe this. When the heat of life starts pressing you in, I will turn to God with passion. I mean, there is nothing like a good crisis to drive to you to your knees. Am I not telling the truth? And you know what? Honestly, I think that that's not a bad place to start. It's not a bad place to get pressed to your knees. You know, I know crisis is going to drive me there. But my question is this. When the pressure of life pushes me down to my knees, which the Bible says is the most powerful posture that a human being can take, I know that will get me there. My question is this. What's going to keep me there? Because we know what happens, right? Crisis presses us down, and we are praying like we have never prayed before. And then the pressure begins to leave, and we're just like, I'm all good now. Don't need to pray as much anymore because after all, God answered. Now I'm good. So let's walk through this together. I made a resolution. How are you doing with yours, right? Broke them already? I understand. How was the health club for a week and a half? Was that good for you? (laughs) I know how it works, right? Every treadmill's full. First two weeks of January. All the trainers are like, just give it a week. They'll all be gone, you know, right? Back to the donuts. Okay, so here's my resolution. I want to graduate beyond help me, give me, bless me, and keep me safe. Okay, now let me answer a question. Is it wrong to pray, help me, bless me, give me, and keep me safe? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, we find out God welcomes that. My question is, is that all that he welcomes? I mean, I know how it feels like... When the only time my kids ever call me is, help me, give me, bless me, dad. Help me, give me, bless me, dad. Help me, give me, bless me, dad. I know how that feels. Plus, I don't understand the fourth part of it. Help me, give me, bless me, keep me safe. Help me, give me, bless me, keep me safe. I think, seriously? As an American culture, we are absolutely obsessed with safety. You know what freaks me out about that particular prayer request? 98% of it could be taken care of if you would wear a helmet and a seatbelt. That's simple. Call it good from that point on, right? I mean, I've been praying that for like 40 plus years. Apparently, God's doing okay because here I am in one piece. If you're here, apparently, you know, we're just obsessed with that, right? It always has to be there. Help me, bless me, give me. Help me, bless me, give me. Help me, bless me, give me. And keep me safe. You know, I don't know about you, but my prayers just seem so me-centered sometimes. (laughs) And so consumed with what I want from God that honestly, it just feels wrong. I go back through my prayer journals I can't believe the number of times I see the word me. So I got a question for you. What if talking and listening to God could become as natural as breathing? What if it was so normal that it was just so interwoven into who we are as people? I mean, I have a dream for Christ the King Church that our prayer lives would become so unbelievably normal that it just... That it would take us beyond this surface. Help me, bless me, give me. Help me, bless me, give me. It would press us down into a conversation that we were so unbelievably immersed in that it was just like. <sighs> so let's get started. Now I know we've got nothing to learn about talking with God, but just humor me and let's go to Jesus for a few minutes because I think maybe it might be good for us to understand. If we're going to talk about prayer, how the God on the other side of that conversation feels about it. I think he might have one or two things to say. In fact, I guarantee you some of the things he's going to say today about prayer are probably going to tick some of you off. And to that I say, good. Okay, so let's keep going. 
Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can get one from the connection point and you can follow along in your outline because we're going to hear just exactly what Jesus says. Now, get this picture, okay? Jesus is, is, is up preaching to a large number of people and inside of that group of people are a group of what I would call the religious police called Pharisees, okay? And Jesus is actually, we're going to catch him kind of mid-sermon here. He's just preaching the greatest message that's ever been preached. And then all of a sudden, he just starts talking about pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says this. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Okay, so according to Jesus, not according to Grant or Grant's opinion, when it comes to prayer, here's what Jesus says right out of the gate. He goes, obedience matters. Because I want you to notice something. He makes a huge assumption. When you pray, he's just assuming you're going to want to be inside of one of those life-giving conversations that includes talking and listening. Because I'm just going to tell you something. If you think you have a relationship with a human being and you've never talked or listened to them, you don't. It's not a real relationship. And it works that way in the spiritual realm as well. Okay, so God makes an assumption. I'm assuming That because I'm the God of the universe and you're my created child, that you're going to want to talk to me and you're also going to want to listen to me and that we're actually going to conversate back and forth with each other and that that's actually something that you're going to look forward to doing. So obedience matters. In fact, I can give you scriptures that it's an imperative command to pray. So we're supposed to be doing this. So he says obedience matters. Then secondly, stick with me now, he actually says location matters. Because apparently, he lays this out here, right? Apparently, religious hypocrites love to pray out in the open, in a church or a synagogue, or on a street corner, so that everybody can see what it is that they're doing, right? And you kind of get this attitude of somebody stepping up and just saying, okay, people, let me show you how this is done. I'm going to pray, and you better pay attention. I mean, just watch this. I'm going to call down heaven. God's going to sit up on the edge of his seat. This is going to be absolutely fantastic. Are you ready? Because here it comes, and at the end, I'll just say, when all God's people say it, and all everyone's going to say, amen, right? And God actually says, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, in just a second, Jesus is actually going to contrast that location out in the open to get the attention of men, and he's going to contrast it with another location, so hold on to that thought, but he actually presses in to another little piece here where he says motivation matters. Okay, so apparently the motivation of a hypocrite is to be seen by men, and we all know that's the most important part of prayer, right? When people stand up and take notice of how good of a prayer you actually are, right? I hope you hear the sarcasm dripping off of my voice, Okay. But here it comes now, all right? Now, I know a lot of you, you got it all figured out. You don't need any help in this whole area. And he's just been talking to hypocrites. But now he's going to press in and go a little deeper. You ready? Here we come. Verse 6, Jesus talking. But when you pray, another assumption. So God assumes, he reinforces it again, that you're going to want to be in communication and conversation with him. So one more time, he's actually going to go around exactly the same loop of reasoning that he came with the first time, and he says it a second time. I mean, obedience matters, right? But I want you to hear his motivation here. Can you hear the heart of the Father? God wants you to talk to him. I mean, I know what that feels like. There's times as a dad, I've gone to Braden and McKenna, I can tell there's something going on, or... Their mom told me there was something going on and I should go and have a conversation with them. We know how that works, right? And I end up sitting there in front of my kids going, talk to me. 
I can see there's something. Just talk to me. Doesn't need to be big. Just, just tell me what's happening inside of your soul. So obedience matters. Now, he's going to start poking and prodding at us just a little bit. So get ready for this, okay? He says, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Okay, now I'm going to be honest. I'm not crazy about that little piece right there either, all right? But according to Jesus, whether you like it or don't like it, location matters. I can already feel it in the room. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up the truck, preacher man. You need to, you're telling me I need to have a room with a door? Like that's supposedly important? I mean, some of you are just like, I'm all good. My car has doors. My truck has doors. And I pray in my car and my truck all day long. I pray that the wrath of God would fall on people who cut me off and leave their blinker on. I mean, I am praying to Jesus and talking to him about people from different countries. I mean, it's just, it's, it's that moment. And then my kids get in the van with me and I'm praying that God will teach them how to respect and love their mom or their dad. I pray all the time, Grant. I got doors, right? You know, and I read that, and I'm just like, why did you put that in there? And then it started making sense. So Friday, Laurel and I spent the whole day together. She is the love of my life. I mean, I would rather spend a day with her than anybody. And we'd, we did life together all day. We did errands. We went to Macy's. We went to Target. We did a little side trip to Costco. We saw our kids. I love after Christmas taking stuff back to those stores. It makes me feel like I'm making money, which is great, you know. It's <laughs> awesome. You know, and, and, and we had an amazing day, and we talked all day long. But the best part of the day was when we pulled into our home and shut the door and put the phones in the corner, and we talked about what really matters to her and what really matters to me. I'm telling you, Jesus is saying it. There's no substitute for that. I mean, think about it. If the most important friend in your life showed up, you hadn't seen them for a while, and said, look, this is how this is going to roll. I'm just super busy today, so you're just going to need to follow me around. Get in the passenger side. I'll throw you a bone of a sentence every once in a while, but for the most part, you just got to keep up with me. Don't we do that to God all the time? Now, am I saying that you shouldn't pray in your car or pray in your office or pray in your classroom? Absolutely not. My question is, why did Jesus actually tell us that location matters? I believe he's telling us it matters because there's no substitute for that place where there's no distraction and nothing else is calling for your attention. And your primary goal is to just have that sweet, beautiful conversation about the stuff that really matters. So, let me say it to you simply. Jesus said it. You want to argue? Write him a letter, okay? God wants you to have a spot. A spot where the distractions of your life and the noise of your life are put away so that you and God can actually have a conversation, a place where you can drop all the pretense and nothing gets in the way and you just talk. God knows we need this. In fact, I'll say this. God wants this for you. Let's keep going. Jesus keeps talking. He says, and pray to your father. So go in the the room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, some of you just woke up. It's just like, there's an incentive. 
There's actually a reward program that goes along with this thing. That's great. How many prayers do I have to pray before I get a free answer? That's right, you know, kind of like the coffee thing. That's how it works. Some of you all of a sudden just like, I love this incentive program. So I'm going to write it down again. All right. Motivation matters. Motivation matters. But I want you to think about this. What is the common denominator in help me, give me, bless me, and keep me safe? Honesty. I mean, think about it. I look back through my prayer journals and I just think, wow, according to this, I believe my, ro- my reward is what I'm going to be able to get out of God when I come in here. I mean, shouldn't, yeah, absolutely. I mean, shouldn't there be at least some consideration of what God wants? Do you think maybe that's why the conversation is supposed to include talking And listening, I mean, let's do the math of our head, right? One mouth, two ears. That's a clue. Isn't it? Okay, hold on to that thought. I'm going to come back to it. Jesus continues, verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. Okay, that's a little harsh, right? It's just like, don't just flap your gums for the sake of flapping your gums. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Okay, now it kind of pushes you back a little bit, but God is really just inviting us to understand something. God is saying, here's the ultimate goal here. I want to be on speaking terms with you. I want you to be on speaking terms with me. So talk in a way that can be heard. Now that little word heard there, if you translate it directly, it literally means to be taken seriously. So here's what God is saying. God doesn't take you seriously based on how many or the form of the words that come out of your mouth. Jesus said it this way, the volume of your words doesn't matter. And I'm talking the volume as far as the loudness and also including the volume as far as the quantity of words. Your conversation with God is not taken seriously because you can emote eloquently and fill the air with an impressive vocabulary. You are not more heard by God because you sound like James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman, okay? God speaks to you because you're his child and you should speak to him simply because he's your father. I talked to Braden this morning. There was no pretense or big fancy words. It kind of went like this. Hey dad, love you. Hey buddy, love you too. Great place to start. I mean, I am heartbroken, but the truth is I've heard some unbelievably powerful people pray some impressive public prayers and then find out that behind the scenes they've forsaken their family screwed up their marriage so apparently the eloquence of words that you might hear from the front are not equated with character and we should probably remember that i remember the very first small group that i was ever a part of here at christ the king it was a group of young husbands just kind of got thrown in a group because started working here figured i should probably do that because groups are a big thing right and in that group was a guy named barry Barry has moved away. He lives on the other side of the country now. We stay in touch every once in a while. We would do what most groups do. At the end of the night, right, we'd share prayer requests around a circle, you know, and some of it was prayer requests. Some of it was gossip, if we were honest, you know, and we just kind of like share stuff around in a circle. And then we pray for each other as going through. And everybody prayed except for Barry. Barry told us, I'm not comfortable praying out loud, so just sit over here. And I'm a, can I be honest with you? 
I had a little bit of the first part of this passage in me in that moment. It's kind of like, okay, well, you're not comfortable praying? I'll show you how it's done. Our dear Heavenly Father, you know. <laughs> Barry didn't pray. A whole year went by. He didn't say a word during the prayer time. And then one morning, this group of five broken guys is sitting in a room and a voice came out of a chair that we had never heard a voice come out of before in the prayer time. And I will never forget Barry's prayer as long as I live. Jesus, need a little help. Please, amen. And my proud heart melted and heaven shook and the God of the universe slid up on the front of his seat and said, now we're talking. Now we're talking. It wasn't fancy. It was so simple. It was so beautiful. Let's keep going. Verse 8. Jesus pushes it a little bit further. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. And that's always that tough question, isn't it? My friend Tony asked me that question last Saturday night. That is a great question. If God already knows what I need before I ask him, what's the point of me actually asking? And here would be my stock answer. Because it's good for you. It's just good for you to actually articulate what are the things that are pouring out of your humanity that only God can answer. All right? The Bible says we should ask. In fact, next week I'm going to show you a whole bunch of verses where God keeps pleading us. Ask me. Go ahead. Bring it. Bring the list. But my question is this. Have you ever thought that maybe there's more to the conversation than just what you need from God? Could God be saying there's something more important than your list? Can I make an admission to you? I get stuck with my list. I bring my list every time, and sometimes that's all I talk about. God, here's what I'm ordering. Fill it out. Could you initial at the bottom? I'm going to go on with my life, and if you could give me results by Thursday, that'd be awesome. Here's my list, and I want to encourage you. Bring your list. Please do. God wants it. But even more than that list, could it be possible the God of the universe in the form of Jesus is saying this to us. When it comes to prayer, relationship matters. It matters. Could it be that God wants us to spend some time on the list, but not all the time on the list? Could it be there's so much more than just help me, give me, bless me, keep me safe? Could it be there's more to it than that? Could it be that when I actually go into the room and close the door, and get face to face with God, could it be that the reward he's talking about here is not getting what I want out of God, but that the reward is getting out what God wants for me? Could that be a possibility? Because I read my Bible, and I can already tell you what God wants for me. God wants me to have a personal, intimate relationship where my peace is so secure that I can continue to talk to God when he says yes, when he says no, when he says wait. And here's a thought, even when he says nothing. Could it be 
that the reward is not actually the answer I want? Could it be that the reward of that kind of conversation with God, could it be that it's not even an answer? Could it be that it's a relationship with the king who's talking? So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I'd like to invite you to struggle with this with me. I know, for those of you who already have your prayer life perfected, cool, we'll see you in February or something like that, all right? But for the rest of us normal people, could I invite you to struggle and to press a little deeper? So, we asked you guys to invite people for Christmas Eve, and you did. (laughs) Thank you. You packed out four services. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, many of whom we have never met before, showed up because you invited them. Could it be that God's not done with that conversation? Could it be that it's more than just a little piece of paper? Could it be that God wants to talk to you about them behind their back? Until they come to a place where they actually want to talk to him themselves. Could it be that was not the end? Could it be that's just the beginning? Could it be that while you gave an invitation for someone to Christmas Eve, could it be that the God of the universe actually has an invitation open for you any time of any day to find a spot? And really talk. So I'm going to invite you to walk on this journey with me. Because when it comes to my prayer life, I'm not satisfied. I want more. I want more for me. I want more for you. And I just ask myself the question. What would happen in Whatcom County if this little section of God's family took our surface-level conversation and pressed it down and really heard what God was saying to us. I'll make you one promise. There is no formula. It's personal, which means we all need to discover it on our own. Let's start here and see where God takes us. So here's what we're going to do. I've been talking about praying, so now I'm going to, and it may be a little awkward because we know it's personal, but here's the deal. I'm going to talk to Jesus for a second. I'm not trying to use this as an example for you. I just like to talk to the guy I've been talking about all morning. And if you'd like to eavesdrop, I'd welcome you to do that. So would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, I'm so glad you woke me up this morning. Thank you for giving me life and breath and voice and thought. God, you've been so faithful. I, I, I'm not sure I ever need to pray for safety again because you've just proven yourself faithful in that area day after day, year after year. 
God, thank you for telling me that you so desperately want to have a conversation with me that you would be so specific as to even say, Grant, I need you to find a spot, a place where all the distractions can go away, and you and I can just talk like a father and a son should. God, I thank you. You want to talk to us. I thank you that you have a dream of a depth of conversation with your people that I, as one, have never really explored or pressed into. And so I'm asking, God, as we go on this particular journey, would you please take me? Can't speak for anybody else. God, would you please... Take me beyond, help me, bless me, give me. Lord, you've already helped me out of a dead-end life. You've given me Jesus and blessed me with a second chance. God, thank you for answering those. And Lord, thank you for being the kind of God that says, ask me, come to me, talk with me. So Lord, as we learn how, would you make it personal? Would you tune our ears to your beautiful voice? May our conversation and communication be more beautiful and may it be filled with the rich reward of simply knowing We have a relationship with the King of Kings. I pray that for me. And I pray that for all of my friends. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.